Need a little ah in your step? Try this on for size. It's pop. Tastes great. It makes you feel kind of funny. Not here. Not down there. But all up in this area. This is another episode of Pop After Dark. We're rushing them out. Yeah. Rushing them out. Now. Well, it, it's a bit, um, I, I don't know, it's surreal. Yeah, well, we didn't speak for a couple of weeks and now two in two days. Two in two days. What, we're just showing off now. But I don't think this one could wait, really, because it's one of the biggest film releases of the year. And I, I made a boo-boo, really, with Toy Story 4. Because I had my tickets booked for tomorrow, and me and my wife were going to see it. And then my mother-in-law offered to take my son overnight tonight, because my wife's got to go over there tomorrow morning anyway. So I just thought, well, what if we could just squeeze it in tonight instead, and then we could take my daughter. And uh, I found a screening, and there was uh, three decent seats there's more than three decent seats left but there wasn't many but we got three decent seats yep. so I'm like right brilliant now what i'd forgotten was that i'd actually i'd booked the tickets using a voucher for my wife because i get discounted tickets and in cancelling it it cancelled that voucher as well so i basically paid for a ticket which i can no longer use okay which is great um so there, there was that, but I booked it again anyway, and we went to see it. And I know you had it booked before I did. Yeah, I, was, I saw it. Uh, my screening was at ten to five today, and I saw it in three D. Did you did you leave the room? I I left the seat because my dog was scratching at the door because he decided that now. As soon as I started podcasting, that was the time he wanted to come back into the room. What a little bastard. He's been out of the room for well over an hour. Yeah. He must yeah, have that's... heard he must have heard the record button be pressed or something, just just to annoy me. Um I think we actually saw it similar times. What time did you see it tonight? Ten to five. Oh, I saw it an hour after you. I saw it an hour right. after you. And how packed is your screen? Uh, twenty five people. Okay, so not 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 great, not great. Well, no, I don't I don't think the time was right. To be fair, and it was the only three D screening. So, um, when I came out, um, around seven, um, the lobby was full for a later screening. Yes, yeah. Um, and just off the bat, because I didn't see it in three D, was the three D any good? it didn't detract from it and it didn't add to it. It was just okay. Fair enough. I know sometimes with um, Pixar films, they can be a little mild. So I don't, I don't mind, you know, I, I, my preference is still 3d, but if I don't see it in 3d, I don't, I don't mind too much. I, I, I mean, the, the scene in the beginning, um, when, when the, the, the montage with, with Andy. All oh, right. Yeah. Um, when he was spinning around holding them, the 3D was really good then, but that was the only time I really noticed it. Yeah, there was a bit right right at the beginning where Bo Peep has a staff, and that looked to me like that would be quite a good 3D effect, but I didn't notice too much that I thought, oh yeah, that would be really good in, in, a, in a third dimension. But, uh, but anyway, I, I don't really want to get 
too heavy into spoilers because I know people won't have seen it. Um, so why don't we just say, oi, go see... Right, so press pause now if you've not seen the film. Press pause because we are going to get into spoilers. Even if we do it by accident, we both know it's going to happen. Yeah, it's a pretty good point, actually. So, so press pause now if you're listening to this, one of our six listeners, um, and you uh, haven't seen the movie yet, and then come back to it after. You've got to 50 listeners recently. I don't want to give you a big ego. It's better than my podcast is doing. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's still not not really hitting the dizzy heights of Diz After Dark numbers, but, you know, slowly but surely. It took us a while to build up sharp. Absolutely. If anyone listens to this other than us two, it's uh, it's a bonus. So well, Craig did say he fucking loved it earlier on. Well, he's a very complimentary man, except for when we do a bad show, and he does. The one, the one good thing about Craig is that I used to think Craig would just turn around and say an episode was great when it wasn't. But if an episode's awful, he will he will tell me in uncertain terms that was shit. And oh yeah, I respect him for that. Yeah, no, he he certainly seems the type. That's for sure. Well, he's especially a to, to, today's recording. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, for those that uh, don't know, there's another podcast we have on the network called My Bench, and you were a guest on one of the episodes today. It got released. Yes, it's my second time on that show as well. Yeah, I think uh, I've been on it a couple of times. Well, I've been on it in, oh. about four times, but only I think only three of them are still available to listen because one had to be deleted. I think that the last sort of 40% of today's show was recorded just for you. Right. I can't wait to listen. I, said, I'm not, I didn't have time <laughs> today because of work, but um, it, it, is, it is downloaded, and uh, I will be listening to both of those new episodes so probably tomorrow and then I'll, I'll cry about it next time I speak to you but <clears throat> we're not here to talk about that we are here to talk Toy Story 4 now and I think we've uh, waffled on long enough to know that anybody listening right now you fucking we, we're going to spoil this film you've we've, either we've you've either seen it time. you've either seen it and, listen, and listening to this or you don't mind a film being spoiled by us so <clears throat> so sorry I've, I've, I'm just recovering from a cold so my throat's a little bit clogging now you've you kind of played your hand early doors. Um, I, I I couldn't not at yeah. the end of the day. I, I was I was. This is the first film for this entire year where a tear has come out of my eye. Wowzers! Um, and I couldn't um I couldn't leave the I couldn't leave the seat until I just sort of gathered myself. Actually, did, did you stay right till the end, the very end? No, I didn't. There's a nice little bit right at the end. I can't say it's it's worth the wait. It's not really a, a, an end credit scene. Uh, I mean, it is an end credit scene, but um, it's a nice little a nice little touch they did at the end. Um, and uh, if you're the, the type of person that quite likes to sit there and wait to the end of the film, or uh, like Ben, uh, you're still trying to pull yourself together. Then uh, it's it's worth staying for, but you know if you've got a kid or something you want to get off, then you know you don't need to worry about it. But anyway, it's interesting you said that because um, obviously I talked about how 
uh, end game just just ruined me. Um, at least the first two times I'm watching it, I think I was okay by the third. I kind of I knew what was coming, but um, dry dry eyes the entire time for end game for me. Yeah, um, but this this got you. This just. I think I can tell you exactly why as well, because when the first one came out in 1997, uh, or is it 96? No, oh, well, 95. 95 is, is when it officially got released, but we didn't get it until 96. Okay, yeah, I thought it was 96, 97 for us, because mm. um, I remember actually seeing Toy Story 2. I was in Dallas, Texas at the time, and it was many months before its UK release. Uh, that came out I think in 2000 so yeah we got it about I think six months or so after America yeah because I saw it um, in November of 2000 or was it ni- no November of 99 I saw it yeah and I think it came out in like the February or something so maybe not quite that long but, it but that was at a, at a, that was at a time when America would get films long before us anyway that just used to happen for some reason yes um well actually this this is the rare case of um a Disney Pixar film uh, being the same date uh, uh, day and date as as America because usually um we what what Disney started to do was schedule these films to come out for the holidays yeah. so um June is always uh, you know this this time in June, roughly, is normally when Disney like to release their big summer summer film. Um, yeah, of course. But they normally wait until the school holiday, like summer holidays start, which is a few weeks later in the UK. So we might get you know some Finding Dory like three or four weeks after America. Um, I think it was like November sixteenth or November seventeenth. I saw um, Toy Story two in the cinemas out there, so that would be just in time for the holiday season. Yeah, no, that means it's Thanksgiving um, release, and um, yeah, we they would normally hold, if, if a film came out then they didn't used to like releasing films at Christmas. They'd wait until the the February half term or January half term uh, before releasing a Disney film. I remember uh, when Wreck It Ralph came out; that came out in November, and I remember by the time it came out at the cinema here in in the February. It was only two weeks before the US release of the Blu-ray. Yeah, because I I, um, I got it imported over. And um, anyway, going back to what I was saying, around that time I was six, seven years old, and these characters have been with me since that age, and it's been the continuation of the same story. Mm. So I think that's why this hit me. Whereas something like the MCU is only we're only ten years deep. We're ten years, but it's also twenty-two films. Yes, but it's it's been crammed. It's twenty-two mm, films mm. crammed. Whereas it feels to me like these films are not made unless the the, the, the filmmakers genuinely know they've got a, a beautiful story to tell. Mm. Um, That's a good point. You know. I, in, in the space of 20, 20, 21 years, we've had four films. Mm. So that's that's what I, I really love about Pixar is, yeah, they fucking really misfired with Cars 2. Um, 
they've done a few misfires. Let's not, you know, it used to be Pixar couldn't do any wrong. And then we had, um, as you said, Cars 2 was the first the real good dinosaur. misfire. Um, Brave. Another I love, I love Brave. I, I, it would have been a great Disney film. It didn't feel like a Pixar film to me. Um, then they followed that up with Monsters University, which I will say on repeated viewings, I actually really appreciate. But when we when it first came out, I wasn't that bothered about it. See, I appreciate Monsters University, but my problem with it is it's very forgetful. It's very forgettable. I, as I said, the more I've watched it, the less I, I think that. But the first time I watched it, absolutely. Uh, I appreciate it for it kind of being almost, it's not a parody, but, you know, very much in those kind of veins of, of things like um, not Revenge of the Nerds, but, well, I suppose that. Those kind of um, university college films, American Pie, that kind of thing, Animal House. It, it felt Even going, a bit of a homage to that kind of thing. Yeah, going, going right back to 16 Candles, The Breakfast Club. Yeah. So it, it had those kind of vibes. So actually, now I look back at it a lot more fondly than I than I did. But and and as you said, the Good Dinosaur, which is a film I've still never sat all the way through. Um, I just, just I, I watched me. it once and I couldn't tell you what happened. No, I'll just watch the name full time. Watch want to watch a cartoon about dinosaurs. Um, even Disney's Dinosaur, which is pretty shite, but again, another film better, that I've never better than the. Better than the good dinosaur. Hmm. But, I mean, I, I will say this before we start getting into Toy Story 4. I I regard Toy Story 3 uh, pretty much a masterpiece. And that yep. was that was the, the film that I probably cried the most at at a cinema until Endgame. That uh, but film what about really this? got me. This film did not get me as much as Toy Story 3 by a long shot. I but, didn't say this film was any was better than Toy Story 3. I'm talking about emotionally, um, ju- just emotionally. Um, and it, I, it, I did, I did tear up. I did tear up. If I, if I said I didn't, and my wife ever found out that I said that I didn't, she was witness to that me and my daughter were both, uh, crying. Um, but yep. not as much as I did in Toy Story 3. I was ugly crying in Toy Story 3. I was crying uh, in this. Wasn't. Who, who wasn't ugly crying at the end of Toy Story 3? But, you know, I, I, I put out a tweet earlier along the lines of I would have been content with this film not being made, mm. but I'm glad that they took the care that they did with this story um, because if they hadn't, this could have gone really bad for them. And you've already alluded to the fact that, you know, this film is, you know, how much this film means to you. Um, it's my film of the year. Yeah, yeah. So in the same way that you would treat me if I said something about Captain Marvel, I don't agree. No, I, I, that's, that's, that's really, for you. I'm really, really controversial in this. And the reason why I said, and I, I, I didn't want to be, that was not the aim at all. Um, but I, and I've looked, I, I didn't look before the film came out at what people were saying. Um, 
but coming home tonight, I've I've been looking at reviews and I watched uh, Mark Hamoud's review and because he's an interesting fellow when it comes to stuff like this. And um, I mean, I, I'm definitely in the minority, but I want to stress before we get too much into it that I didn't dislike this film at all. I did I did enjoy it a lot, but I do feel. Um, and even after seeing this, I do feel that Toy Story was an almost perfect trilogy, and I don't necessarily think we needed this film. I'm kind of glad they did it, but I'm still not there yet that we actually needed this film. But that's exactly what I said once again when I tweeted out earlier, is I still would be content even now if this film was not made. Mm. But what I am glad about is that this film was made with a lot of care. Yeah. And I think you, you kind of said it earlier that what they've done, and, I, and it was the same with Toy Story 3, because we didn't think there was going to be a Toy Story 3 for a long time, because there was, no. what, a 10-year, 11-year uh, gap between Toy Story 2 and 3. Um, yeah. And so we, you know, I think a lot of people wanted more, especially not long after Toy Story 2 had come out. Um, but after like four or five years after, you, you think, well, they're obviously not going to do one. Um, and then they did. So, um, and that, that's because they just, you know, they, they came up with a story that they were happy with, that they felt was strong enough to not dilute that brand. And I will say, I mean, I, I don't think this dilutes the other three at all. I just well, no, it doesn't. Don't it's, it's, see it's, really where it kind of fits. Struggling with it. Well, I, I, I can see your point. I, I certainly can. But um, we knew this. I've known this film was coming, and Bo Peep was going to be a a good um, part of it for six, seven years. It's, it's yeah. I don't know if it's been that long, but I mean, the the. Yeah, I mean, when they first... Well, actually, apparently it was, it was announced in 2014, I read today, on an investor's so, call. It was the first time it's confirmed. And it wasn't long after that that um, they kind of talked that this was going to be an adventure where they try and find Bo Peep. Find her, yeah. That was that was the, which is the, the initial premise. Which is, they've changed, and I think for the better, really, because I think what I they have done is, is stronger. Um, but let's 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 go back. So, the bit that confused me at first, right, is the film opens up um, and it says uh, nine years earlier. Yes. Right. Or is it? Yeah, no, it was nine years earlier. And you're watching the film, which, by the way, the opening is stunning. Like Vision, the, 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 the first shot where I saw the rain, I was just went, oh my god. Yeah, and and there's another bit a bit later on which we'll, we'll obviously come to that I felt the same way, um, and and you've got so you've got, you've got this and the film starts off, and uh, you know Bo Peep is is in the room still, and you know you, you're finding out kind of what happened to her because it was a throwaway line in Toy Story Three about Bo yes. Peep, which a lot of people were a bit annoyed about because she had been, you know, although not necessarily on the adventures in Toy Story 2, but she was Woody's love interest 
She was an important character in both of the, the first two films. And there was just a throwaway line in Toy Story 3 about why she wasn't there. And and the thing is, they didn't they, they didn't put that line in there because they thought one day we're going to make a film where we find Bo Peep. I don't believe that for a second. No, I, I think it must have been something to do with Annie Potts. Maybe, maybe um, she just didn't fit in the story. Maybe that's that's all it come down to. Because no disrespect, but Annie Potts work. You know, you see her pop up in quite a few things, but she's hardly unavailable, especially for a voice role. Oh no! I, I well, I completely agree. But um, perhaps there was some kind of sour relationship between her and Pixar. Maybe her and Lasseter. Well, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because. Uh, I mean, that is the thought that's in the back of your mind now, um, whenever you do think of him and how things have gone. Because, I mean, also as well, although it was denied it was anything to do with that, but Rashida Jones was involved in the first draft of this film. And she left the project with her writing partner just before Lasseter left. And they put a statement out to say that it didn't actually have anything to do with with that or, or him specifically. But the timing seemed really weird about the whole thing. And they're both credited yeah. on this film as well as, as writers. So they obviously used some of their script. Or ideas, at least. But anyway, we're, we're, we're back nine years earlier at this point. And yeah... yeah. Um, they're in. They're in the room, um, and you see. You see how Bo Peep got taken away, mm. um, and she's essentially she is essentially thrown out by Molly. Mm. Um, but oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm still a bit like thinking about this. It, it's 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 definite. I can't even get my words out. What's going on? <laughs> like me after some rocket uh, man. It's, it's my film of the year. It really is. But um... it's a very nice moment when she gets taken away, and Woody does that thing that he always seems to do in these films, which is go and rescue the toy back. Yes. And it's the first time Woody can't do that, and it's because she's she's kind of um, conceded to a, a her event. Uh, she, knows, but she, can, she can't get out of it. She's not Molly's toy anymore. Molly's yeah. given her up. She's accepting um, her fate, is what I meant to say. Uh, and it's it's kind of a foreshadowing for the end. Um, but it's this, this is what this story is about. Really, is about it's it's Woody's journey to reaching that state of mind. Yeah. Because we flash forward nine years and Woody is not being played with by Bonnie, his new owner, anymore. And that, that was just the other thing I wanted to say about that, that nine years thing, because we see Andy in that. And I wasn't putting this all together at the time. So you see Andy come into the room and it's young Andy. It's Toy Story yes. 2 uh, Andy. And I'm thinking, well, hang on a second. Like when we got to, when we started Toy Story three, we had college years Andy, and now we've got yes. like just turned teenager Andy, you know, like you know eleven twelve year old Andy, whatever old age he was at that that film. Um, and I thought this 
doesn't make sense. What's going on? And then you kind of find out that um, actually this film is set just after Toy Story 3 ends because of that montage yes. that you mentioned. And at that point I was like, okay, right, I understand what's going on now. But I found it a bit confusing. Uh, and what I didn't understand as well is that, because I, I, I just had then assumed that this film started at the end of Toy Story 3. This is actually set two years after Toy Story 3. But that's have, not you made seen the sh- have you seen the shorts, though, Toy Story of Terror and Toy Story that Time Forgot? Yes. So, obviously, <laughs> A few they're... Times. Yeah, they're 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 obviously set in between the two films, so yes. they cover they cover a passage of time. Yes. Um, but we haven't seen or heard nothing about those for years, really. Um, I've I've seen them a, a ton of times. Um, <laughs> My son was obsessed with them. He goes through stages where, at the moment, it's Gruffalo. Uh, yeah. For the last few months, it was Hey Dougie every day, which was fine because I love Hey Dougie. Um, but he went for a phase where it was the Toy Story shorts and then it yep. was um, Toy Story of Terror and Toy Story that Time Forgot. Which You're um, speaking to another parent of an autistic child yeah. and these yeah. obsessive phases are like, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, and I didn't really like, I like Toy Story of Terror, but I didn't really like Toy Story at Time Forgot at first, but I've, I've got to appreciate it over time. They're both I'm, I'm completely the same. Mm. You're saying just a bit off with it, but I like it now. I like it now. But what I didn't like with that, so again, yes, you're right, we had those two shorts that bridged a a kind of gap, but Bonnie in this film does not look any older than Bonnie of the previous. Now, I know we're only talking two years or so, but there is nothing different about her at all. Her outfit's pretty much the same, her hair's the same, her face is the same. Yeah, and, and it's it's a bit weird that they went with that choice, and I I completely agree with you here, and then especially how when they animated Andy, he looks completely different. Every every Toy Story film, Andy looks look different. Yeah, but he he doesn't even look like Andy. No, not really. No, that's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, so so that's where we are. So this is set about two years after Toy Story three. Uh, Bonnie's about to go to kindergarten. I'm not American. I don't understand the school system. And uh, it's our reception year, basically. But wasn't she? I mean, she was in play. She'd left play group, hadn't she? In Toy Story yeah, Three. Yeah, no, because she she wasn't actually in the play group. That's it was saying. more. Yeah, she'd left it. Yeah, she was going back to visit um, with her mum. But but then my kids, my, my daughter's two and a half. She's in nursery at the moment. She she's not starting school soon. Mm. She's got another year and a half of nursery. But we could choose to pull her out of nursery any time. So I assume that's what happened there. Mm. But her mum works at the daycare, doesn't she? She does. Yeah, yeah. But re- regardless, as you said, um, the the main thing here is that Woody is no longer the top toy. You know, Toy Story okay. in Andy's world, Woody was everything. Um, and in Bonnie's world, he's just another toy. She's far more interested in Jesse. Um, yes. You know, and even takes off the sheriff badge. That was the first bit I went, <gasps> because she took the sheriff's badge off Woody and put it onto Jesse, and you knew then what, you know, you, you could foreshadow what was going to happen. Um, oh, yeah. As the film went on. But yeah, this was the first time when, you know, Woody was not the lead toy. I mean, obviously in Toy Story 1, Buzz Lightyear comes in and he's flavour of the month. 
but but he's just that he's flavour of the month. Yeah, and, you know, Woody has has been and is constant. Um, and so this was this was a bit jarring, but I mean, in a good way. I didn't I didn't have a problem with that. What I did have a problem with is Woody's insistence that he still had to be the top toy. So although he wasn't being devious like he was in the first toy when he was getting jealous, he was just putting himself in those positions because that's what he, should, he feels he should do. You know, Dolly that, was kind of the top toy in Bonnie's room and he just kind of just ignored her. Yeah. All the time. Because that's, I guess that's just sort of sticking to what you know, I guess. And mm. that's been his life for so many years up to this point. And even, even, for, a, uh, even for a time um, with Bonnie as well, because um, she found him hanging from the tree, didn't she, in Toy Story 3? That's right. Yeah. And, and she she was obsessed with him for a while, and mm. like like how excited she got when she saw him at the bottom of the box when Andy was handing the toys over. Mm. Um, so there there was that time where he continued in that role, but he was actually just flavor of the month, like Buzz Lightyear. And I think the other interesting thing as well is you do see a bit more of the dynamic of Bonnie and her toys in that. If you compare how the toys are treated and and in general, like her dad's obviously the worst culprit for this, but you know Andy and his mum and his sister always seem to kind of treat the toys a bit more with respect. Yes, they're, they're thrown around, they're stepped on. There is not the same kind of care that you saw with Andy. You know, this is a different time. This is a different person, and I, I thought that was quite interesting as well. Um, Let's jump forward a little bit. So, so Woody goes to uh, kindergarten. It's an induction day. Bonnie's feeling very awkward about the whole thing. So Woody's gone to try and, um, you know, make sure she's okay. He, yep. um, he, because she's upset because she's got her um, craft stuff was taken away by another child, and she didn't say anything. She just sat there a bit miserable. Um, Woody uh, risked himself in getting stuff, retrieving stuff out of a bin, um, including yes. some of the craft stuff that got thrown in there, which led to uh, Falky. Now, yes. I yes. we saw Falky in the first teaser trailer for Toy Story, and I think the world went, it's a spork, what the fuck? Yes. No one. And it works. No one, no one, no one saw him and thought, Oh, I, I can't wait to see what this character's about. Everyone was like, "This is shit." Falky almost stole the film. In fact, for the Tony first Hale. half, he did. Yeah, and he's a great actor. Um, for those, Buster Bluth, so exactly. Who... Yeah, I was gonna say for people who don't know him, Buster Bluth in Arrested Development. Um, he's also in Veep, which I've never seen, but apparently he's he's very good in that as well. He's just one of those really good comic actors, and. I mean, I think in in some people's hands it wouldn't have worked quite so well. He is just brilliant. Like, I, yeah. even before we got to the halfway point, I was like, I could quite easily stop watching this film now, watch it another time, and just go to the nearest DC store and buy myself one of those talking ones that I've been playing with for the last few weeks. Now I know how amazing I, he is. I think I need to own a Forky. Yeah. I think we all do. I think... Yeah. Did did yours anywhere give you a little 
bit of paper and a pen and say, design, a, design your own forky. Uh, we just went straight in. Uh, I wasn't messing about with all of that stuff. But I do know that um, I think Disney Store for the next few weekends are, are doing make your own sporkies. They're giving oh, you, uh, you know, plastic spork and uh, bits that you can make your own. So that that'd be quite fun. Um, but I mean, well, the, the other thing about this film, what what I will say is that this is clearly the funniest of the whole lot. Oh yeah, it's, it's it definitely is. It definitely is. But then with uh, talents like Tony Hale on board, it's not going to not be. And, um, and even Keanu Reeves, when we get to him, oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll talk to the. Uh, we'll talk about the other uh, film stealers in a, in a little bit because we're not quite there yet. But um, I mean, Spook is a revelation. It, it really shouldn't be anywhere near as entertaining as it is, but it's great. He thinks he's trash. He spends he does. about ten minutes of the film trying to jump into any trash bin that he can find because he feels it's that's just an amazing montage. And it sounds Woody stupid. N- not sleeping, trying to because because um, so Bonnie is basically using Porky as an emotional crutch. Yes, she made him made him a daycare, and uh, she doesn't want to be without him. He's he's flavour of the month right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And all he's doing, like you said, is he's trying to get into bins. Yeah, he's just trying to kill himself. Really? Yeah, he's, he's trying to throw himself out. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and it really shouldn't be as funny as it is, but honestly, it it, it just works so well. It it's amazing. so, so well. Um, so the main... The it's main, uh, it's his first words are just trash. Yeah. No, you're a toy. T- trash? Trash? <laughs> um, <laughs> so the, the whole, um, you know, the, the, the story of this film, really, the main story is that um, Bonnie and uh, her parents, because she has a dad in this one, I yes. said to my wife, he, the dad obviously came out of jail sometime between Toy, Toy Story 3 and, <laughs> and 4 because there was no mention of him in, in Toy Story 3 or the shorts. Uh, <laughs> Bonnie's fact, toys trying to get him put back in jail. <laughs> in fact, like, I'm not, I mean, I've not watched it for a few months now, but I'm pretty sure in Toy Story that Time Forgot, Bonnie's mum's flirting with the dad. Of the other kid, it's it's quite possible. Yeah, arranging play dates like that. Um, but anyway, so they so they they're going to go on a little trip because she doesn't start kindergarten for another week. So they take her, rent an RV, and, and they go off on a little bit of a journey. Um, they go to a, a little town which has a a carnival going on, um, and is home to uh, an old antique shop as well. Yes. And that's really where the story gets interesting. Um, one of my, and I mean, another thing about this film that apparently there's a hundred Easter eggs. I, I think I got into double digits, but just I wasn't looking. Oh uh, well, some of them were very, very obvious. Um, others, um, so there's there's obviously loads that I've missed. But um, you know, one of the things I noticed was the antique shop said established in 1986, which is the year without even looking it up. But I'm almost certain it's a year that Pixar came into existence. You're not wrong. Um, there was uh, a grape soda badge. Yeah, I saw that one. There was the um, Battle Saws lunchbox. I saw that also. The uh, the guy at the carnival uh, had a 
uh, Pizza Planet tattoo. No, I did not see that. On the back of his back of his uh, calf, he's got the Pizza Planet truck. <laughs> so that that's the <laughs> reference. I didn't see the truck anywhere else in the film. So that that's the. I was going to say that's going to be the truck for the film. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Um, the Shining. Yes. Did you notice that the music from The Shining? Um, yes. And one of my favourite bits, actually, in the antique shop. Um, when they go into the little, I don't know if it's a clock or something, but there's lo- loads of little hidden toys, which is where you meet uh, Duke Kaboom. They're in a pinball machine. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, and, they're in a pinball oh, machine. Yes. Yeah, of course she is, because she presses the um, the coin buttons, doesn't she, to get in. Yes, get in. There's, uh, there's, an, there's an original Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, I did not see that. With the lightsaber up the arm, yeah. What a Ken of Toys one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know where they had the lightsaber, in, like in that in the arm. Yeah. So you used to like pull it, push it out of their their arm, and it come through their hand. Yeah, one of those with the um, the the final cape thing. <laughs> so I saw that as well. But that was really really nice touch. Um, but but yeah, it's loads, and there'll be loads more that. Um, I've either forgotten already or just just didn't even see on this first watch, but I can't wait to go back and, and rewatch it for that purpose as well. Um, but yeah, so uh, we, we go to the antique shop um, because Woody sees Bo Peep's lamp but missing Bo Peep and the sheep. So yes. he obviously gets the better of him. Him and Spool, uh, Forky go in there and this is where we meet the villain's kind of uh, baddie. Uh, the yes, Gabby Gabby. Will, Gabby Gabby. And uh, Vincent. And his army of Vincents, which uh, my daughter said to me, Daddy, I know him. He's the one out of Goosebumps. He does look exactly like the Jack Black uh, ventriloquist yeah. doll yeah. in the Goosebumps movie. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't really explain to her why it wasn't. But yeah, I mean, my daughter's six and she noticed that like it looked like the dead spit. So, um, and they're creepy anyway, aren't they, ventriloquist dolls? Oh, um, yeah, Absolutely. So, uh, but yeah, so they go in there, you find out that uh, Gabby Gabby's not the nice little doll that she portrays herself to be. She's after a voice box because hers is actually broken. Um, and uh, Woody just about escapes, but they capture uh, Fulky. And then they go to the carnival, and that's where he um, accidentally bumps into Bo Peep. Yes. Who is not the same Bo Peep that he left at uh, Andy's residence back in, well, you know, 11 years previous or whatever. Um, no, it's, um, she's she's now a, a, a worldwide rugged adventurer. Mm. Still sounds the same. But she doesn't yep, still, sounds same. Like, still sounds like Annie Potts. Yeah, which is funny, actually, because in the trailers, I didn't think it sounded like Annie Potts. No, there's... There's definitely been some ADR done. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, but yeah, so, and there's that thing where obviously, you know, two people that, you know, were in love have, have now, you know, been forced apart and have led very different lives. Woody's not yeah. really changed in that time, but Bo Peep has. I mean, I did think this morning before going into it, I was talking to Craig actually, I thought she, she might end up being a villain piece okay interesting because that's where i i could have possibly taken the story if i was writing it but i didn't write it and 
how she ended up being was was perfectly fine. Um, like we said, coming back to to what we spoke about earlier, she's just now x amount of years into her acceptance of uh, being given away. Yeah, and they get played with by random kids, and they're and they're happy. You see the return of Combat Carl and some of the <laughs> alternative Combat Carls, including I think it's yes. Arctic Gear Combat Carl that no one everyone ignores. <laughs> I thought it was quite funny. Um, you know, we see the sheep again, and what I think was actually a really clever device was the uh, the skunk remote control yes, car. Yes, the, the the remote control car. Yeah, yeah, it was it. Good, clever idea for the for, for the purposes of execution. Um, and it's also at this point where we we meet the the other two characters that pretty much steal the film, which is Bunny and Ducky. Oh my god. I mean, Flash Rush. as soon as they announced it was going to be Key and Peel that were going to be voicing these two, I was like, "This, they're going to steal the film. And if they didn't have Tony Howard's Falky, they probably would have done. And, I, yeah. you know, it, it's really a toss-up because they're both so, or all three of them are so good. Um, but obviously the dynamic between uh, Bunny and Ducky is, is just uh, amazing and, and leads to some really good laughs. Uh, their constant ways they're going to, um, you know, commit a plan <laughs> are basically all the same, <laughs> just more, more, they, slightly more elaborate each time. Yeah, so for the final one, I did kind of wonder if it ended up with them killing the old lady. It did seem, it did seem that way. Yeah, <laughs> <But> <laughs> they didn't go through with it, so it's, it's okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they they were they were great. So. Um, this is the point where I feel it, it kind of got a little bit draggy because they'd kind of escape, then be on their way, but then have to go back because something wasn't right, and it felt like they kept almost repeating themselves a little bit. Yeah, I felt yeah. just I don't know. It just could have been a bit tighter. Um, it just 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 frustrated me a little bit, but. This is a film that I know I'm going to watch, you know, many times, and I'm, I'm definitely going to go and catch it again while it's out. Um, because... Oh, I'm going to catch it in our new cinema as well. I'm going to see it once more. Yeah, where we where we're open now, and I'm going to see it on the new screens as well. Of uh, July twelfth, they open. So yep. I shall be there. July twelfth. Great day, great day to open a cinema. Um, yep. It's, um, but yeah, I mean, because the thing is, I mean, if I, because I've got kids, I'm going to see some a lot of times, but I feel that now I've seen it once, I can go back seeing it in a different light as well. So I'm probably going to feel a little bit different when I watch it a second, third, fourth time. Um, so yeah, that was my gripe initially, but you know, maybe not, not quite so bad. Um, but yeah, and we, we, we touched a little bit on it earlier. Duke Kaboom, voiced by Keanu oh. Reeves. I, I really wouldn't have thought it was Keanu Reeves. Oh, I could tell it was him. I think because of the last things I watched him, you know, John Wick, he doesn't say very much in those films. No, he doesn't. That's my excuse not but... sticking to it. <laughs> yes, we Canada. But, oh, I know. <laughs> it's just great. But, I mean, I loved it because I loved the the fact it was obviously a spoof of the, the evil can evil stunt cycle, which I was too young for, but I'm, I'm very aware of what it was. And, yep. uh, I also love the fact that, you know, this kid got him for Christmas and he'd watched the commercial about how far he could jump and the reality. And we've all had a toy 
at some stage in our lives which has promised to do something and fails to deliver. Yeah. And that was him. Mine was the board game Mousetrap. What a load of oh, shit. Oh my god, yeah. I've had And then they made a they made a fucking film based on that board game. That film was not based on the board game. You talking about Lee Evans thing? Yeah, that was based on the board game Mousetrap. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. No, it's not at all. Find me some evidence that it is. I'll let you off, but no, not having that at all. Clue? Yep. That was definitely based on Clue, though. Um, And I'm still waiting for the Monopoly movie that they keep promising me. uh, Yeah, I can't wait for that. Um, At one point, I had 73 Monopoly boards, mate. I always put one stay, actually. But I didn't because it sold out. Um, anyway, going off. Um, yeah, so so Woody, I think in in kind of hanging out with uh, with Bo Peep, kind of looks at himself and realizes. I think he starts to realize that maybe there's a time for everyone, and his time is yes. coming up for being someone's actual toy. Um, and. The other thing I wasn't that keen on as well, although the more I think about the the, like on reflection, the less it bothered me was the fact that you know Gabby Gabby was this uh, you know evil doll, a little bit similar to how Lotso was in the in the third one, where he's all sweet on the outside, but inside he's actually like an evil little git. Um, And her whole thing was she wanted Woody's voice box because his voice box wasn't broken like hers was. And uh, she she wanted it because she just wanted to be a love toy that she never was able to to be for someone. Um, yeah. And she was she was pretty much redeemed by the end of the film. She but, was completely redeemed by the end of the film. But then, and so that annoyed me at first. I thought I don't think she deserved it. But the, you know, thinking about it a bit more, she had a much more interesting arc, I think, than Lotso did. You know, Lotso was actually- grumpy. She actually had an arc, which is more than could be said for Carol Danvers. But Gabby Gabby actually <laughs> had an arc. Yeah, well, I mean, Lotso did, but Lotso's one was pretty much he got um, he got lost uh, by accident, made his way back to the little girl's house, found out that she'd bought a replacement Lotso doll, and just decided to be a git forevermore, even yep. though you know he shouldn't have done. Because he knew why it had happened, and it wasn't uh, out of spite. He just made it into spite. With Gabby Gabby, you know, you did. I think you started to feel a bit of sympathy for her when she had the voice box, and the, the little girl that she, had, you know, had always been dreaming of being played with by, um, you know, immediately picks her up and throws her back in a box. Yeah. It's, and you, uh, but we all knew you saw it coming a mile off. Oh, I, I knew it was coming, but even so, it was still a little bit heartbreaking, and that oh, it, got it a was. bit of sympathy for her on that. Um, but but yeah. then her her being a dick, I think, is just born out of desperation because it's something that the toy seems to know that it's meant to be there for a kid. Yes, uh, they, they 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 all seem to know that, like. Um, but she's not been able to fulfil that purpose. Yeah, yeah, and that's out of something that's not her fault. 
Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like the more I've thought about it afterwards, the more I thought, actually, you know what? You know, I, I did actually like what they did with the character and I think it was a lot more interesting than what they, they managed to do with Lotso. Um, but yeah, so that, that was pretty good. Um, but then there came the, the kind of breaking point of, you know, then having to leave Bo. Bo wasn't going to come and join Bonnie. No reason for her to. And so you knew. I'd already decided before we'd got to this stage of the film Woody was going to depart. Oh, yeah, we all knew this was going to happen. I didn't um, know how, but I knew it wasn't going to, you know, he was going to leave. And it made sense. But like I say, it was for, it was foreshadowed at, at the beginning of the film mm. when Bo Peep accepted that she wasn't being played with anymore. Yeah. That was the foreshadowing right there. Um, and they're, they're basically telling Woody throughout the whole film, you can't keep, you can't keep being the hero. Mm. And maybe it's time for you now. It's it's basically where what they're, what they're trying to get in his head the entire film, and he just persists with this stubborn attitude that he's had since word dot in the first film. Mm. And he finally gets to the realisation when, when it's Buzz that finally lets him go. Yeah, and there's that line a bit earlier in the film, isn't it, about it's not, it's not me that's lost, it's you. Yes. I'm not the lost toy, you're the lost toy. And it's that, it's that that's I think the, the point when Woody starts to go, actually, I'm talking to a toy that I consider to be lost because they don't have an owner. But really what you're saying is I have an owner, but I'm actually lost. I'm lost inside. Yes. And I think that's the kind of breaking point for him to do it. And I'm, you knew it was coming. The, you know, the, the, the music changed. You knew what was coming. And it didn't make it any less hard to watch. Because like you, like you said, and I think for a lot of us, not so much our kids, because they didn't have to wait, you know, between four and ten years for a new Toy Story film. Um, no, this is my kids first. Yeah. Um, you know, they don't have this this same road, same story, same journey that we've endured uh, during these films. And it's always been Buzz and Willy, Buzz and Willy to the end. You know, everything's yeah. revolved around those two. And and it needed to be Buzz letting him go and yeah. it was such it was such a heart wrenching moment. Yeah. I mean And it was as I said, it still will never top Andy giving away his box of toys. Even now. No. Even now when um I, I come into the room and it's at that part of the film, I have to make one of two choices. I either leave the room or I sit and watch it and just try my hardest not to cry. Yeah, no, that's my I, I two choices. Completely agree. Or, or, or I'm not averse to indoor sunglasses. Well, that, the the reason for wanting to see this one in in three D rather than two D was because of that excuse I had last time when I did watch it in three D. I could sit there crying and no one other than the sniffling could tell. You know what? <laughs> I, I was supposed to go with someone and he couldn't make it. So um, I actually, one of my friends works in our cinema, thankfully. Um, and I, I was just straight up with him earlier. I said, can you swap my seat to the disabled seat right at the back behind everyone else? 
because I know full well I'm going to end up in tears by the end of this movie. <laughs> and it was nice, and I thought what was good as well. I thought it was I thought it was nice closures to that story. I think it's brave as well because oh, I think it's brave in some ways because you've taken the lead character from your films and you've now taken them out of that franchise. Woody's not going to yeah. suddenly disappear from the parks, but he's no longer in that gang of toys that we all know and love. On the flip no. side to that, though, what they've done in, you know, if you want to compare it to uh, Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse, like, you've now created two, or the MCU, you've now created an alternate um, world, in a way. So you've got Woody and Bo and Bunny and Ducky and uh, Duke and Sheep. Um, and they are... Oh, and who's, who's the little police woman? Dimples. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. What's uh, her name? Dimples something. Something with... Dif- Officer with Dimples. Um, but yeah, she, she, was, she was great as well. Um, so you've got them. And then you've got Buzz with, you know, the classic set of, you know, Slinky, Jesse, uh, Rex, Ham, Potato Head, Miss Potato Head, um, you know, Bonnie's Toys, who are still Bonnie's Toys. So you've now got, if they wanted to, and what I I thought was a shame after seeing those two short films that we got is that was it. I quite liked them. And I thought, you know what? I'd be quite happy if we just ended up with these specials every few years, just a little bit of a story. Nothing too involved, but just just nice, just ticking the franchise over. And I wonder if that's what we're going to get. I wonder if we're going to get another Toy Story film or a Toy Story spin-off where they're focused on one set of toys. I, I mean, it would be stupid not to. Um, this film is going to financially clean up. Of course I mean, they, it is. They reckon, they reckon that there is no... That, that this is the last one. But then, This is probably the last feature film. But that's what they said at Toy Story 3. This is what they said at Toy Story 3. You're completely right. And this is why I'm so glad that, that, that when they decided to do it, they they decided to do it because they had a story that they they that that, that could be told within this world that made sense to it, and it did add to it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Uh, this wasn't you... a this wasn't a sequel for the sake of money. No, not at all because they don't need that. Well, I mean, the thing is, I was saying to. We went out last weekend. Um, my son had seen a video from what's the bloke from McFly? Tom Fletcher, is it? Yeah. And he had the new Woody and Buzz dolls that they've they've made, which when you shout out someone's coming, they um, turn fall over and fall over. And my son was watching it and was laughing his head off. He's had Woody and Buzzes because the first thing he ever really got attached to was Toy Story. So he's always had Woody and Buzzes. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's very hard to, to buy him things. He doesn't show a lot of interest in things. And he loved these toys. So, and they were, they were, they were expensive. They're like 70 quid each, these Woody yep. and Buzzes. And my wife said, look, 
you know, his birthday's coming up. He never asks for anything. He really likes these toys. We should get him one. So we did. Um, and the, the problem is, though, we found out is that because he can't, he's nonverbal. Yes. So he can't speak to them. He can't say, um, you know, who's coming or someone's coming. So what he does instead is he just tries to knock the woody over <laughs> anyway. And I was like, well, he's already got a doe he could have done that with. But regardless, so we're not going to buy the buzz, but we, we're glad we bought the woody at least. Um, well, yeah, I, I mean, and also you can do it, and I'm sure that probably makes him happy. And he Also, when you now shout it, he does it himself, which is the best, the absolute best bit of the whole, of the whole situation. It's because he knows what the command is now, is that when you say it, he also tries to, like, throw himself on the sofa or something, which is sweet. That's so cool. Um, but uh, what I was saying to my wife, when was looking at the toys, because we, we'd gone to the Disney store first as well, because they didn't have those particular ones. They normally tend to just sell their own. And I said, like, the toy company that first made those Toy Story toys when the first film came out, I still, still have the license to this day. Yeah. And I think that's quite sweet because at that time, when that first Toy Story film came out, they could not, I think at first it was just Pixar, like Disney weren't involved with the distribution. So they had like said, look, we've got this film and it's about toys and it's going to sell you a load of toys. And every major toy manufacturer turned them down. And this little, small, I think there might be a Canadian company, said, we'll do toys. And obviously, I mean, you could not buy a Buzz or Woody that Christmas that they came out. No, I had an intergalactic prime. Buzz Lightyear that we bought. Um, I remember we got it. We got it in World of Disney in Orlando. Um, that first year, it was silver. I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, because that was one of the the kind of uh, repaint ones that they did. Yeah, it was that was that was off. That was my first Buzz Lightyear, and I say my first Buzz Lightyear. He's in my son's toy box. Yeah. I mean, the, when we said about the, the Buzz and Woodies that um, we gave to my son, they were Buzz and Woodies that we'd bought around about the time Toy Story 3 had come out because we just wanted some for ourselves. Um, so it's, and, and also, um, my brother, after that first Christmas, the Toy Story came out. We couldn't buy him one before, but we got him one just after Christmas, just, just the, yeah. a regular Buzz Lightyear. And that Buzz Lightyear was still at the mum and dad's house. Like oh, yeah. 24 years but on or whatever. These toys are highly regarded. Yeah, absolutely. And, and rightfully so, because they are, they are good at what they do. Um, but th- that's the other thing as well. You know, I can't tell you a year since 1995 you have not been able to buy Toy Story merchandise. Oh, you've been able to buy it. I, I, I'm not just you've not been able to buy it. It's you've not been able to buy it readily anywhere. Like, there's Buzz Lightyear's on the shelf from the Disney store. They say Disney store exclusive on, on them in my local B&M. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. But what I mean is, is like it, it, unlike a lot of franchises, you've always been able to buy it. Yeah, it's you never, have. It's never gone out of fashion. There's always been... And, and that's the thing, like... You will only see stuff in shops if it's still relevant. They'll only still make stuff if people are still buying it. And like I said, you could always this, wasn't, toys. this wasn't a sequel for the sake of money. No. This, this franchise is, it probably holds up Pixar. 
like just off the the licenses alone. Mm. So this this was a fran this was a, this was a film because they had a story to tell, like I said, and it's. I, I, I still say, like I said at the beginning of this, um, I'd have been content this not being told because, like you said, Toy Story three was the perfect close to the trilogy, but I'm glad it was told. In the world of Pixar sequels, it's the best that we've had in recent times. Um, oh, far. for sure. You know, um, we had you know last year we had Incredibles two. That that's a film that didn't need to be made. I mean, well, no, Incredibles two should have been made, but what we got no. is not what we should have got. We didn't deserve that. We deserve no, we better didn't. Des- we deserve better than that and sooner. Yeah, much much sooner. Um. So yeah, so the thing is, I don't think it's better at all uh, than than Toy Story three. I still hold that as the best in the series, but it is clearly the funniest, and that it's, obviously has a lot of weight to it. Um, it's the most visually. Yes, just... that's what I was going to say. Wow. I didn't mention it. The cat. Yeah. I if 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 it turns out. That was a real cat. I would not be surprised. It's not. I know it's not. It, it, it's but just, well, the, the, there were people from the trailers, weren't they, comparing it to the the cat from the original? Well, I mean, if you go back and watch, and, and I mean, look, Toy Story was the first, you know, computer generated feature length film. Um, it still, in a lot of ways, still holds up. But yeah. You look at the humans in that film. You look at the dog in that film. Yeah, and they're ropey as hell. Really, <laughs> Com- really ropey. And then you've got that cat. That cat is just, it, like you said, it just looks like a real cat. Yeah, it, it's just just incredible. The animation in this film is is some of the best I've ever seen. Um, yeah, and I thought it was nice it- at the end as well um, as a way to kind of. Stop you trying to cry as much as you were by you, but you know, sh- showing a bit more of what happened afterwards with the new Woody's new gang, yes. Um, uh, especially the uh, the bit with uh, Bunny and, and um, Ducky, uh, <laughs> where they turned into like Godzilla like creatures and and uh, basically ended up killing the carnival guy with their laser eyes, yeah. <laughs> loved it I, I, those characters were so good um, yeah so I mean the thing is am I glad I saw it absolutely am I going to watch it again of course I am do I think we needed it and still not convinced that we did but as you, but I've, 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 that, I've, I've, I don't think we needed it at all yeah. uh, but, but I certainly wanted it and I'm glad it's here yeah and to be honest you know there's been a, quite a few Duff animated films recently. Um, you know, obviously we'll take Spider-Man out of the equation, that's something special, but um, you know, Ralph Breaks the Internet, Bang Average, I mean already dated, and it's not even a year old. Uh Incredibles 2, Let Down, Coco I really enjoyed, and Moana. Um but there's... I don't like Moana at all. Yeah, it's so weird. Um, well then... no, it's just it's just like it's it, it tried to try to 
ride the coattails of the Frozen Buzz. Um, and it gave us a badly auto-tuned Dwayne Johnson. How dare you? He's never badly auto-tuned. He's the rock. It's very, it's very badly auto-tuned. Show us respect. But yeah, so I think the consensus is, even though I don't think it serves the the Rotten Tomatoes score that it's currently got, I think it, last time I checked it was sitting at 97%. Um, well, I mean, yes, but you know how that how that, how Rotten Tomatoes review aggregator works, right? Yeah, and also that's that what that means is ninety percent, ninety seven percent of those reviews on that site have given it more than three stars. Yes, it doesn't mean that they all thought it was perfect. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, like you say, I'm in a way I'm glad it's existed. But on the flip side, if it didn't, if it wasn't made, you know. I wouldn't have cried about it either. Um, no, I wouldn't have. But I'm, I'm so, I'm just so glad that that they did. They took care. Yeah. They took, they took care with this franchise because, like I say, this is our childhood, right? And this film wasn't made for our kids. This film was made for us. Oh, it was annoying me in my cinema. There was there were kids in there that were like less than two years old, who were crying and whining throughout the film. I'm like, why have you brought me here? Well, yeah, this, this this film was made for people of our age. It's it's very much geared intellectually and humour wise towards us. Well, it's well, I was saying that as so like I took my daughter and it, it still affected her quite a lot emotionally. Yeah, so but she's still going to get. They're still going to. It's still going to appeal to kids, but it's not going to get you in the feels the way that it it would adults. Well, I, d- I don't know, right? Because um, I'm arming and arming about taking Dexter because he loves one, two, and three, and he loves the shorts. Mm. However, however, when I sat him down to watch the animated version of Dumbo, he just sat here crying uncontrollably when Dumbo's mum was taken away. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I've never seen this from, from my son because, as you, you know, he's autistic and he he rarely shows any empathy at all. Yeah. Or sympathy. Um, but that just really made... He was sitting here in tears and I'd never seen it from him. And I just wonder, is would this film do that to him too? Yeah, it's it's a tough one. Um because we you know, we, we talked yesterday and I said we're gonna take him to the autism screening and I don't know how he's gonna be with it, but my daughter is much more and, and I mean my daughter we think's on the spectrum as well. Um and we're we're fighting at the moment to actually get a scene. Um because she is like that. When she watched Dumbo, she was like that. And when she saw the trailer for the film, the live action film, she was like that. She said, I don't want to see this at the cinema. Because yeah. she thought it was going to be too heartbreaking. In the end, she didn't want to see it at the cinema because it, it bored her. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't much of a fan of it at all. But um, yeah, I know, I, know, I know what you mean. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, just, I just think that and what's good about these films is that kids can watch them and they can get enjoyment out of it and they can get sad about it as well. But it appeals 
probably more to adults than it does to kids, and that's rare. Like we know, adult trailers. You saw what I saw, like the Angry Birds two movie and the Queen's Corgi, and I'm just like, oh god, what gash? Doesn't that look ghastly? That oh, both of them looked awful. And the Angry 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 Birds two, we both know is going to be an absolute pile of wank. But have you seen the first one? No, I've not seen the first one. It's one of those films. It's one of those films that's so bad that I just watch it over and over again with the kids. Yeah, I, I'm sure it's not. I mean, the, the, the Queen's Corgi looks far worse, but... Oh, the, yeah. This is this is the competition. This is what these other studios are churning out. And then, you know, you watch Toy Story 4 and you think it's like looking at Michelangelo David or something. Do you know what I mean? It's like, that's what a, that's a piece of art. This is a piece of commercial crap that you're just trying to get our kids to drag us in cinema for. Um, I'll tell you what, to one of our 50 listeners, pay for me to go to Florida with these guys and I'll go see the Queen's Corgi in cinema. <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to take you up on that offer. It's not, it's not then, worth it. Uh, and then I should just sit here on an episode sobbing uncontrollably about how I, I want, want that 90 minutes of my life back and I don't own a time machine. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it really comes down to. Um, but look, if you're on the fence about seeing it, go and see Toy Story Four. Get um, off that fucking fence. Most of the most of the the, the podcast team we, we've been talking about it have said like they didn't uh, want to see it or had no interest in seeing it. Um, I saw it tonight, and Mister D saw it tonight. I'm just talking about in in our little chat group uh, for for this after dark, and. Because we both seen it and said, like you know, it, you know, it's still it's still viable. Um, they're probably going to go and watch it now. But good. That's the thing. I think a lot of people were, on the lead up to it were like, mm, "Do we need this? Is it going to be good? The trailers don't look good." And to be honest, I think uh, what Disney, the fuck is that spook? Disney Disney are the worst at making trailers for their own films. Um, oh you know, yeah, the Disney, trailers for yeah. Frozen were. Ghastly. Have you seen the Can You Feel the Love Tonight trailer for The Lion King? I haven't seen it, but I've heard. <laughs> the more I see of The Lion King, the less I want to see it. And I'm I'm obviously still going to go and see it. But Yeah, I'm um, going to go see it. I'll be there opening night. But the point is, it looks so bad. I mean, I mean that's, no, I think the opposite. It looks so good, but that, that's the visuals of it. Yeah. But the actual film itself doesn't look good. And can you feel the love tonight is not a Beyonce ballad and it sounds like they've turned it into a Beyonce ballad. Mm, Okay. Mm. I wonder what Elton John thinks about it. I think Elton John is is waiting to die so he can turn in his grave. (laughs) Hopefully not until Arthur next December because I've got tickets to go and see him. Oh, on his last tour? Yeah. Yeah. My, wife, my wife had never seen him. I saw him in yeah, Vegas about always, 10 years ago. You can always just renew your vows, and he still does, like, ceremony bookings. Yeah, I suppose. I just can't afford him. Well, they saying that <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going to see him now because my daughter has, through my wife, has been listening to the Rocket Man soundtrack, really getting into the music, and I thought, what better first concert to go to? Then to see someone like Elton John, who you're never going to get a chance to go and see again. 
tell you what, we went to an auction actually mm. um, in Lewis in, in East Sussex, about 20 minute drive from us, because mm. his mum was auctioning off a fuck ton of memorabilia of his so Jesus. that she could get a new house. And this entire auction was dedicated just to Elton John stuff. And actually a friend of ours um, had had two items in the um, in the auction, which were Cartier Gold, uh, basically brooches. Um, uh, was the Captain Fan- they're on the cover for Captain Fantastic. Well, okay. So they're, they're his personal, and Cartier certified them, they are genuine. They're the only ones in the world. They are the ones on the cover, and he sold them at the auction. Jesus. For many, many thousands of pounds. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, but, no, there was, there was Lion King gold and platinum discs, uh, you know, in the frames and that for sale, originals. Mm. Um, it was just all of his stuff was being auctioned off uh, with his consent, obviously by his mother. Mm. Interesting. Those. Yeah. Cause uh, was... Lindsay tonight said to me, she'd seen like a behind the scene thing and uh, like the original Lion King film. And there was uh Timon and Pumbaa had recorded. I think it might've been that song. Yeah. What, what, what's, what, I've not seen Lion King for a while. What is it they sing a little refrain from? Is it uh, Can You Feel Love Tonight or is it... Yeah, they sing on Can You Feel the Love Tonight. Yeah. But they... I can see what's happening. That's right. And they yeah. don't have a clue. So they had, they had recorded a, a whole, the whole song. And uh, she said, uh, she wasn't sure it was, I'm guessing it was Tim Rice, had turned around and said, if that goes in the film, you've ruined that song. So I can only imagine what they're both thinking now with these new celebrities coming in and, and reworking the songs. I don't for like purpose. I don't understand why Rowan Atkinson isn't just Azu again. I, I don't understand why it's that fucking twat John Oliver. Well, because John Oliver's the new Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, John Oliver's not funny. Yeah, he is. No, but, no, he's not. No, he is. But, you know, it's... John, the... Oliver's, John Oliver's just part of the woke brigade he's not funny um Rowan Atkinson is the epitome of British comedy and also the epitome of free speech god damn I love that man um but um I don't understand why Seth Rogen was cast as Pumba that's ridiculous he's got no not really anymore um he does look an awful lot like me, though. I don't understand why fucking Beyonce Knowles was cast as Nala. I know she's a, 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 some some kind of singer. Apparently, she's talented. Yeah, you've had Booty Licious, haven't you? <laughs> uh, Billy Eichner, I thought, was, uh, was good casting for Timon. And uh, then we've got what, what we got we got um yeah but why there was no need to not cast Nathan Lane again no no but if we cast if we're still casting James Earl, if we're still casting James Earl Jones as Mufasa mm. then also why aren't we once again I, cast I agree that you should have gone for none of them not or you know not just one of them 
Um, but there you go. I mean, uh, Scar is iconic because he's Jeremy Irons. I I think you'd struggle though. To be fair, to portray, you know, Scar's a very camp, you know, over the top, dramatic, you know, hand across the forehead type acting. Um, you can't really do that with realistic looking lions. So it's going to be a very different portrayal. And so oh, no, yeah. it suits more, but yeah. Anyway, look, that's it, next month. I, I don't even want to think about that at the moment. It, like, it's, it's, I've got Spider-Man to enjoy before that. I'm not looking yes. forward to this film. Um, you know, I'll go and watch Toy Story 4 at least two, two or three more times before I want to go into The Lion King. I agree. Um, but, but there you go. So, yes, if, you, if you're on the fence, go and see Toy Story 4. Um, it'll be better than you think it's going to be. You might agree you with will. me, or you might agree more with... with well, actually, I can't say agree, agree with you, because you, you basically said the same thing as me, which is, did it need to exist? No, but I'm kind of glad that it does. I'm more than glad it does. Um, yeah. um, I'm, it's, it's, it's better... To to me, it was better than Endgame, but that's because it's it is my childhood. Like I was at the prime age to receive the original, mm. and you, you're slightly older than me. You know, we have to come and get Nick. For those who are listening, we have to go and uh, check Nick out the old folks' home every time we want to go on a Disney trip. Yes, if Abe Simpson lets me go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I suppose that's a, that is the thing, I suppose, as well. It's it's not the age as much, but it's the fact that, for me, I'd grown up with, uh, you know, the original Spider-Man cartoons, then the X-Men animated series, then the new Spider-Man animated series. I've been oh, reading God, the comic X-Men books. animated series. No, but see, the thing that is, I was is with... how you do Dark Phoenix right there. That's how yes. you do it in that, in that show. That that show was the the epitome of comic book shows for me as well, uh, alongside the Spider Man show. Yeah, yeah at the that same 90s, time. That nineties Spider Man show was great as well, and and they did crossover at times as well. I don't remember that. I believe I had, they did. No, I think you're right. They're both on Fox, so it makes sense. Um, but I, you know, because I'd, I'd grown up watching those and reading the comic books, that's why. I've seeing real decent comic book films has meant so much to me because I had to sit through a lot of dross as a kid. Um, so, I mean, if you've never seen the 1990 Captain America film, it is quite special. Yes, I know. It's really quite special. And also, I mean, you know, Thor, seeing Thor on, on, on not, in, not on the big screen, but in a movie, was uh, in a furry costume in one of the Incredible Hulk TV movies. Same with Daredevil, same with uh, Spider-Man as well. Live action Spider-Man, where you used to crawl up the side of a building because they turned the camera on its side. It's just incredible. You know, that's what I had to have as a kid. And then Yeah, but that's how they did MCU. it in... But then that's how they did Spider-Man in the, um, in the Sony film as well. It was just him... Like that that first scene, go and rewatch the first Tobey Maguire one. And that first scene where he crawls up the um, crawls up in the alleyway when he crawls up, mm. and his shirt's just hanging off him because he's obviously clearly just laying down and crawling across the floor. 
I will have to go and see that. Look, his shirt is just clinging, and it's hanging hanging underneath him, and it's it's gripping to his back. Oh man! So you can tell that it's he's just crawling across the floor. Like I said, um, that is just how they did it. It's just they're better with their camera angles now. Right, I'm gonna end this episode now. I'm gonna go and order myself a full key. And uh, I think I might even buy myself a Bo Peep staff. I think you should order so, me a so. forky. I'll, I'll look at the budget. Um, <laughs> but thank you very much. Um, I don't know when we're next to record because I don't, until Spider-Man comes out, I don't Which really Which is know. like next. Yeah, but Spider-Man's like next week or the week after. It's, it's not very it's, far away. It's about 10 days away, yeah. And I am not, I am not bothering with a midnight screening. Oh, I just, God, no. It comes out. No. It comes out on Tuesday. I don't think there is a midnight screening because it comes out on Tuesday. We're getting it a day early, so I think there isn't a midnight screening anyway. Well, even if there was, I just would not be bothered. No, I'm really looking forward I mean, to it though. Yeah, it's just I'm getting old. Oh no, I don't. I'm, I'm with you. Like midnight screenings are not my friend. Um, I just don't enjoy them. I'm too tired to enjoy the film properly. So I'm seeing it about half past five, I think, on the second. I think I think I'm seeing it at half past eight on the second. Okay, we'll get together then. Um, and as as per Craig's request, uh, yesterday comes out next week. I'll be seeing that at some point as well. But and I will go and see it episode. too. I will go and see it too. Good stuff. Good stuff. I've se- I've seen a trailer and I thought that looks mildly amusing. Yeah, it, it, it looks like it could be a bit of fun. I mean, yeah, the, all right, Ed Sheeran's in it, but you know, every film's got to have some shit actor in it, hasn't it? He he was he was in an episode of Game of Thrones, and mm-hmm. then he was never seen again. But in like the the penultimate episode, or one of the last episodes, it's discovered what happened to him. Um, they talk about his character, and he had his face burnt off, and just that makes me happy. Well, yeah. I think there's no final way to end an episode then with, with Ed Sheeran's face being burned off. No, none. So, right, until next time, uh, we'll speak to you soon. Fuck off. <laughs> this podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network. <laughs>